We'll call it 53 for Jonathan Garibay to tie the game with three seconds to play. Snap a little high, kick is away. The kick is no good, he missed it. Garibay, his first miss of the season. And the Bears win over the Red Raiders today, 27 to 24. Baylor is 10 and two on the season. Well, I'm a little disappointed. There he was. That was John Morris on the flagship ESPN Central Texas, Learfield IMG, all of that good stuff. A little disappointed I didn't hear J.J. Usually J.J. on a big play like that gets involved. Um, Before we bring on our guest, this is the segment we do called Where Are They Now? Beaver Collision Center is a GM, Nissan, FCA, Kia, Subaru, Ford, and Hyundai certified repair facility. Plus, they house the equipment to repair the Ford F-Series aluminum body vehicles. 1515 LaSalle Avenue in Waco or at BeaverCollisionCenter.com. And by Myatt Fuels, your local choice for fuel delivery. You call, they haul. All right. Our featured guest this week is none other than Elliot Coffey. Former Baylor great and uh, happy to have Elliot on, man who knows a thing or two about the media. You hear his post-game work. You see him sometimes. Well, I see him in the press box. Uh, Elliot, uh, Bears back in the Big 12 title game. Pretty exciting stuff. I would say uh, if you had told us at this time last year that was going to happen, Elliot, even those of us who tend to be somewhat optimistic (laughs) about Baylor athletics would not have believed it. Yeah, I, you know, last year was tough. I think people have kind of started to forget uh, because of how successful and how dominant we've been throughout the course of the season that 2020 was not pretty, and it didn't seem like there was much direction, whether it was the offensive staff or, you know, at the quarterback position, kind of what was going to happen or how things were going to take shape. And, you know, what we've seen, you know, throughout the course of 2020 is one heck of a turnaround. And so hats off to Coach Aranda, you know, of course, Grimey and that RVO and, you know, all the players, of course, and what they've contributed to this. But been a blast watching these guys here in 2021. Yeah, I would say so. And uh, I know you'll be in position there at uh, AT&T Stadium. Uh, after watching this uh, mess the Cowboys uh, have been putting out there, Elliot, it'll be kind of nice to see some other teams inside AT- AT&T Stadium. Now, I'm looking at a recent tweet for you, by the way. My goodness, you you had one, you know, occasionally I'll hit on one and you you know it'll kind of take take on a life of its own. You had one that exploded. I'm now looking at it, uh, Elliot. Do you how about you have over fifty five thousand likes on this particular tweet? That is a big number, sir. Uh, and it had to do with Brian Kelly, the new coach at uh, LSU, eating. Uh, let me read this. Brian Kelly eating mama's gumbo at a recruit's house south of I-10. <laughs> El- Elliot, when when it first we first, I mean, you, you were good with your timing. You got this one up there quick. Now, did, did you did you just immediately think of that particular gif of? Uh, and by the way, is that Idris Elba? Like I was looking yes, at this is. and. Yeah, okay, exactly. It is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so I'm from Houston, and I'm from, uh-huh. my family's from, tw- from South Texas in Louisiana. Okay. I don't typically claim that, particularly on you know, public mediums, that there's family from Louisiana. But it, culturally speaking, it's a really unique part of the country. Texas is unique, but Louisiana is really its own kind of cup of tea. And so 
you know, Brian Kelly being from Notre Dame, just the thought of him going down there and having to, like I said, sit around the, the table and do all those things that coaches have to do to, you know, rub elbows and, uh, you know, make people feel comfortable, particularly in Louisiana where everything's a handshake agreement. I figured that was just an easy way to kind of throw a jab at him and, and say, hey, welcome to, welcome to the real South. Have <laughs> some fun down there. Yeah, yeah, Elliot. I would say people appreciated this one, and um, yeah. and 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 this was, uh, I yeah, I, I my gosh, this this one took on a life of its own, and um, and you know, I think I think this one's become so popular though. You know what'll happen now, Elliot? Everybody will try to use your the one you used here. <laughs> it's gonna become, but your timing on it was beautiful. So anyway, I uh, I I appreciate good comic timing, and um, and I I really like this one. Okay, Elliot. Well, let's. Let's start to break this thing down. Um, you know, you see Oklahoma State again. I mean, the thing we forget, we, we talk all about how bad the offense was against Oklahoma State that last time out. But the crazy thing in that game was, you remember the turnover margin in the first half. I mean, that was oh the God, wild see? thing. They were oh, down yeah. 14 nothing, and you're up plus three in turnover margin. Like, as a coach, that's what I ask uh, Aranda about it's, at some point because that's, that's like mind-numbing stuff. As a coach, if you're up three in turnover margin, you know in your mind what you should be up. And yet Baylor was down. But I honestly would have to think, Elliot, when you think back to how that first half went, that has to give your defense some confidence going into this game. Yeah, I think I've I pretty consistently said all season that I think the biggest threat to Oklahoma State making the playoffs is Spencer Sanders. And so if we can go out there <laughs> and put pressure on him, it, that's, that's a team that's going to turn over the ball. Now, in a similar sense to, to kind of Baylor, Oklahoma State's bell – bell cow so to speak on the team is their defense and so offensively and you watch if you watch the you know bedlam i think the whole country watched bedlam on saturday that's a team that's going to make mistakes and how they make up for the mistakes they made is, t- is typically on the defensive side of the ball but if, if you look at how we play defensively particularly in that first half i mean it, it really was a clinic it, it was some of the best football that i think we played all season not to mention you were out there without you know terrell bernard kind of having matt jones playing out of position just to fill the spot for the week uh he's kind of found his way you know playing that out Side linebacker kind of pass rush type on the line of scrimmage but you had a lot of things that we they could scheme against us on that they won't be able to do this time around but yes that first half in particular uh was was very very impressive now what is it uh with sanders we've seen him for years isn't it weird when you you just assume quarterbacks are going to over the years stop making mistakes because obviously a quality he's been good for a long time but at yeah. some point you go, that's who he is. That, I mean, he's right. just going to make a couple of uh, either you take advantage of it or you don't. But he's going to try right. to throw you the ball at some point. What is that? I mean, you, a guy that played defense like you, is Sanders a guy who um, trusts his arm almost too much and tries to make hero throws? Or is he just a guy that every once in a while can get a little confused in coverage? Yeah, I don't think he reads coverages especially well. And so you, you saw it, you know, in the second half last week that when you give him different looks, and that's kind of Baylor's thing, is that we're going to show you one thing and run something else. When you give him different looks, his processing speed is a little bit delayed. Now, he's incredibly athletic and he has good arm talent. And so you saw he had to get a touchdown down the sideline uh, in the first half last week. It was in the first drive of the game. It was beautiful. Easy. It was quick. It was one read, release, very rhythmic, very smooth. But when you don't get that first read and he has to go through his progressions, more often than not, if he doesn't have that run lane to escape, he's going to try to force it. And that's where you create those, those turnovers and, and mistakes for them. 
Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the uh, you knowing the safety game so well? What do you think about Baylor's safety play in the absence of Christian Morgan? It's a little hazy on when he may come back. I, I don't know yeah. if we feel great about his return for this game. Certainly it'll be good on cornerback to have Boogie Barnes back. And I think um, uh, your man Al Walcott, who's played great and in, in, uh, yeah. in, in as a playmaker, he'll be back to shore things up back there. But the safety play has been interesting. I mean, Milton McVay, uh, those guys, obviously some of those guys play cornerback. But right. what do you – I mean, with JT, I'm mentioning like yeah. every player on the team now, but JT has <laughs> been um, – he's tremendous, you know, as far as like being a ball hawk back there. But right. there has been there have been some breakdowns this year in the secondary. What what is your biggest concern in a game like this? Is it just trying to keep everything in front of you? What do you when you think of what could hurt Baylor? What do you think of back there? Yeah, uh, miscommunication has been a thing. I think I think when we're in position, it's hard to beat us. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at couple of the plays you can just look at last week you can look at that tight end throwback and then that touchdown where it's kind of the free release down the the hash on on the t on the excuse me on the tech side of the ball you can tell i'm still having nightmares that tcu game it's slipping out from time to time a couple miscues <laughs> there too but um if, if you look at what happened you have a you have nine guys that are playing one scheme and you typically have one or two guys on the far side of the field that are not and so you talk about Al Walcott. He's a guy that when Raleigh Tejada was struggling against taller receivers you brought in, boom, he's playing a heck of a game. Gets kind of, in my opinion, kind of a cheap targeting call to get out of there. So you're right, Milton's in there. Um, you got a couple other guys. But Jerron McVay at times has played really well. You think about that open field tackle he had against Kansas State was, the, in my opinion, the play that, that saved us the game uh, against Deuce Vaughn. And so he's been great in, you know, downhill, you know, filling that gap, but at times has had questions and, and had issues in coverage. And so – I know that Christian Morgan, I haven't heard anything kind of like you. I haven't heard that he's coming back this week, uh, but I'm telling you we're a lot better football team with him on the field. That's why he has a single digit. Um, but I think it's all about communication. These guys are all capable. It doesn't matter who you plug you know, into the role, whether it's Mark Milton at corner, Al Walcott. Of course, we'd be happy to have Boogie back, uh, Raleigh Tejada throwing another name in there. All those guys are capable of going out there and really locking up any receiver that we're going to see out here on Saturday. It's, it's all about being in position, making sure that instead of having nine guys or eight guys in position, you've got all 11 guys uh, with things figured out and that they're all making the right plays. Elliot, were you a single-digit guy? I was. I was number four. That's right. Okay. I wish yeah. I had. A, I wish I had a, gone ahead with my guess. <laughs> I. I. Because uh, that's that's what's in my mind. Yeah. I. I, I always felt good with you, kind of roaming around back there. You were single digit before single digit was cool, right? You may, maybe maybe the Baylor program even back then knew that single digits, you know, was yeah. where was where things were heading. It um, took some time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but no, I remember those days. There was somebody I worked with in Dallas radio, and they always claimed that they knew you. It was so funny back then. I didn't know you at the time, and they would say, "Oh, I know Elliot Coffey. You've got to say hi to Elliot Coffey." And it and and I and, but I was yeah. I wish I could remember who it was, but they were I, Elliot. A lot of people were claiming to know you back then, but it was somebody <laughs> that I worked with at ESPN Radio in Dallas, and I just remember those days. All right, on the offensive side, you you've yeah. seen. You know how Gary functions, and talking to Elliot Coffey, uh, Baylor's uh, legendary safety on the Matt Mosley show, you can hear him after games, does some great commentary. You hear him a lot of times before games, uh, right there on ESPN Central Texas, Learfield IMG. Quarterback play, 
Shapen, to me, has been, and of course, we get spoiled sometimes. I saw people on Twitter, you see it too. They're like, well, Shapen wasn't. I mean, my goodness, the guy gets thrown in. I think he does an incredible job against Kansas State. He has to start against Tech, and, and again, we get spoiled, and it's like, oh, we didn't blow out Tech. Well, with a backup quarterback starting his first game, a redshirt freshman, I, I feel pretty good about that win. Um, right. Do you do you have a sense? I kind of think Gary's going to give this thing a go, but you're always kind of yeah. hearing rumblings a little bit. Do you? Uh, what do you? What do you? Do you feel good about Gary maybe giving this a go? And what have you seen from Shapen that you like? Well, if you think about how Gary's developed here over the last three or so weeks, has that been with his arm or with his legs? Like it's been with his legs. And so if we're dealing with a soft tissue injury, there's just no way he can play his game if he's still battling that to the, to the way that he has become accustomed to recently. And so is there a chance that he goes out there and plays and plays effectively? Absolutely. Do not want to take that away from him. But his game, his, his passing game has developed through his ability and his threat as a runner. And if he doesn't have that leg the way that he wants to, then it makes him one-dimensional and makes it difficult you know, for him to be as effective as he possibly can. Now, I look at Shapin's performance on Saturday, and what I saw as a kid, it's tough. You know, he took that big hit on the sideline, came back in, was out for a play. Kyron Drones hands it off for a first down, and then he has that double move with Ben Sims and throws a little touchdown, you know, right after getting absolutely crushed on the sideline. A lot of guys wouldn't come back from that. Yeah. And so I see a lot of leadership um, in him. I see a lot of skill set and natural born thrower. The way that ball pops off of his hand uh, is like a lot of guys that we've seen here in the past. And so I think he's got a ton of potential uh, to be a really, really good quarterback. Now, would I prefer to have Gary out there on Saturday? Yes. I think I think anybody that's watched uh, both bodies of work so far this season knows that Gary's our guy. Uh, but if he can't play that comfortable dual threat game where he has that option or where he has that quarterback power uh, that we've seen that's been so effective, then it's going to be harder for him, uh, you know, to have the kind of success that we need him to have to beat a really, really good defense. So um, offensively, we've got enough weapons to where if you can get that ball you know, spread out. I think we've we've got a chance to go out there and do some things, but it, it really boils down to just how Gary's body feels. Soft tissue injuries heal at a different rate, and they can show back up at a moment's notice. And so, got to make sure long term for him, he's healthy. Yeah, you should see me on the tennis court. I have a lot of stuff that shows up, you know, out of the blue. Uh, although my age, I think, is the main portion of that. Well, this right. is going to be uh, Elliot. This is going to be exciting. Uh, and and uh, I know you will be in position and, and ready to uh, ready to cover this thing from every angle. I I appreciate it. Do you have a sense? Do you have a uh, prediction for us? Do you um, you know take off your green and gold cap if you can? I know you can. You are a uh, you are a pros pro. How how are you as we get closer to kickoff? How are you kind of feeling about it? Um, I mean, I would say at this point, it's really hard to beat a team twice in a, in a season. Um, if it was Baylor out there trying to beat Oklahoma State for the second time, I would say that's a pretty tough ask. Now, to beat Baylor twice in a year, I would say it's probably even tougher ask because if you look at who Baylor is at this point versus who we were in week three, I guess, or four, whenever we played them, versus who Oklahoma State has developed in over that period of time, I think you've seen a bigger jump from Baylor, uh, particularly for games in Texas at 11 a.m. That's not where you want to meet us. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think that we, we have a slight edge depending on the health of our quarterback uh, and, and who goes out there and plays. But I, I think this is, you know, schematically speaking, what we did to them in the first half 
Uh, I think the ability to stretch the field vertically because what you saw them do last time around was load the box on us and say run it to an eight and nine man box. Um, I think the advantage is in our favor. So that's that's where what I'm thinking. But as far as numbers, I have absolutely no hobby day. We, people don't score more than thirty points on us, so I expect a pretty low yeah. scoring affair. Yeah. yeah, except if you're TCU, but we don't want to except go back when to you're that. Chandler um, Morrison is lightning in the ball, right? <laughs> okay, better mullet, um, Gundy or Matt Meyer? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, Gundy's had it for a little bit longer. But I never won it. Here's the thing, Matt. I, I never won in Stillwater. So I've got really bad taste in my mouth about mm-hmm. both Gundy and, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The only time I've ever cheered for him was for the uh, Bedlam here on Friday. So I'm going to go with Meyer. Just just because you know, I'm putting my green and gold back on. That's who's got the better mullet. Okay, let's go with Meyer. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking back to Stillwater. I don't want to bring up. I'm thinking about uh, Petty, you know, some of those moments oh, yeah. around the five-yard oh, yeah. line. I was doing TV, by the way. That's the coldest. Goodness gracious. It gets colder in Stillwater than anywhere in America. All Damn right. It, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. Um, the worst. Elliot. This is fun, man. Let's do it again soon, and uh, I hope to uh, see you in the press box, okay? I'll I'll look for you here on Saturday. Thanks for having me. Okay, you bet. Elliot Coffey, number four for the Bears, and uh, really, really uh, was a a, uh, good player, great leader for some of those those Bryles teams, and a good guy, too.